You're listening to The Over 50 Entrepreneur, the podcast that's dedicated to the business builders who are only getting started when most are winding down. This is the place to discover how to create more freedom from your business while growing the value of your business. Now here's your host, Rick Hadrava. Hey guys, this is Rick Hadrava and you're listening to another episode of The Over 50 Entrepreneur. You know, a few months back, I was spending a Saturday up at the office doing some research for a project that I'm currently working on. And I was looking for some data points on household financial information and came across a great resource and some great uh, research that had been done. And as I started to dig into the source of that research, I found myself intrigued uh, by the story and a little bit more. And those of you that know me or have listened to me, you know that I'm not afraid to reach out to somebody um, to get to know them and learn a little bit about their story. And that's how I came across today's guest. You know, this gentleman actually owns two businesses. And I will tell you before we get too far into the show today, just a little disclaimer. I own an RIA firm. That's a wealth management firm um, here in Oklahoma City with my business partner. And today's topic, if it gets around anything that that resembles financial advice or investment advice, I just want to be the first to say that that is not what we're going to do. Please don't take it as investment advice. But today's guest owns Finance Twins along with ContactsCompare.com. And they've spent their early life getting some businesses off the ground. They've done some great work. And by they, I mean my guest Camilo Malonado and his brother Francisco, who won't join us today necessarily. But as we get into this, I think you're going to hear um, a personal story that that will probably tug at you a little bit, um, encourage you, and really share some good expertise, some good experiences and advice. And so without further ado, I'm just going to bring to the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast my new friend, Camilo Maldonado. So let's get things started. Camilo, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat today. Yeah, well, it's taken us a while to get here, and I'm really excited to have you. Um, why don't we start at the beginning? You know, I, I talked a little bit about, you know, just telling your story and I think that's a great place to start. So how is it that you got to where you are today? Wow. I'm, there's, you know, I, I'm just taking a second here to pause because I really can't believe that I'm here right now. And uh, just to take, you know, take it back to the beginning, I was born in Colombia, South America, and I came to the U.S. when I was four with my parents. So right away when I was young, we kind of had this really awesome opportunity to come to the U.S. to pursue better opportunities. And it was, let's say, the first of many blessings that I received over over my lifetime. And we came, everything was going really, really well. But when I was seven years old, my father passed away from cancer. And, uh, his, you know, his brain cancer, he'd been battling it for a while, but his death was still pretty unexpected. And my parents had spent let's just say like their life savings, trying to keep him alive for as long as possible. And after he passed away, our family's, you know, life financially at the very least got kind of thrown and emotionally, obviously got thrown this to this tailspin because he was the primary breadwinner. And so my mom was in this new country with three children and she did her best to provide for us, to raise us. But 
we always struggled financially. And so we were, you know, we grew up always hovering right around the poverty line. And, you know, when I was a teenager in high school, I made sure to, to have jobs to help provide and buy some of the things that, you know, I wanted as a teenager. And I just knew from a very early age that education was going to be the way that I was going to kind of come ahead. And my mom, she always had the foresight to kind of know, like, you know, I want the best for my boys and education is going to be their way forward. And I was able to take advantage of every opportunity I had academically. And also I just worked extremely hard in school and was also blessed that naturally I just really enjoyed schoolwork. I was very motivated and driven. And a lot of it, I honestly think was innate and was able to go to the University of Pennsylvania and study finance at the Wharton School. And then I went and got an MBA from Harvard after a few years of working in New York City on Wall Street and then at a startup. And really, the I, I think I had always wanted to start a business, but I did definitely cut my teeth kind of on a more traditional corporate path before before I decided it was time to jump out and do something on my own. Well, I think a lot of us, um, I fell, fell into that as well and went the corporate route early on. And, and I understand that. But let's go back um, you know, so at what point did did you kind of get the entrepreneurial gene, you know, or, or did you know that you had that gene, I should say, at some point in your early life? As early as I can remember, right? So I think everyone, I would say most people that I know who who had a father, they, they grew up looking up to them and wanting to emulate them. And I think for me, after he passed away, you know, your parents almost, he, in a lot of ways, almost reached this like deity status where, you know, he was no longer with us, but I looked up to him so much and always thought of him and he was a business person. And I remember one of the vivid memories that I have of him is he, for whatever reason, he had the weirdest way of tying his tie. And now looking back now that I know how to tie a tie, I don't even know where he learned this, but he used to tie it around his leg first. So he'd literally <laughs> put his necktie around his leg and then he'd take it off and then put it over his head to to put it on. And uh, so growing up, I always said, like, I want to be a business person, because that means wearing a suit and doing that. So I think from a very early age, uh, but also having had this, you know, basically going through this very traumatic experience of losing um, a parent at such a young age, I think I had kind of like this I mean, obviously, I was forced to mature at a really early age. And, you know, when you see your mom struggling and suffering, and you go through so much suffering, I think you just kind of grow up really quickly. And I always had this sense that life is really short. We're not guaranteed anything. And, and uh, you know, maybe in some ways, it probably isn't the most healthy perspective if you think at any point in time, and like any unexpected thing could happen. But it kind of always had this feeling in the, the pit of my stomach of life is short. I need, I need to, you know, make the most out of my time here. And I always felt that entrepreneurship was going to give me the freedom and flexibility to focus my time and energy on the things that were most important to me, which is my family. And I always felt that if I really want to be able to prioritize my family from an early as of an age as possible, it's going to be by working for myself and uh, being ind independent in that way. Absolutely. And I got to think it kind of goes down that um down that path of, you know, the grit and adversity lend itself to, like you were talking about, your your ability to look at things a little differently than maybe most out there. Um, but you, so when did you create Finance Twins? Let's talk about that for a little bit before we get into your other company. The Finance Twins was started at the very beginning of 2018. So let's call it right around three years ago. 
And Contacts Compare wasn't that long after. It was like a year and a half after that. But they're both pretty pretty recent ventures for sure. So, you know, I know you do some writing. You, you've been in different publications. Um, but, but was there something that, you know, kind of fostered that desire to create Finance Twins? And what was the... What was the objective? What was the mission of of that business for you? Uh, oh, definitely. I I think you know I'd hate to harp on the same things during our entire chat today, <laughs> but I think it goes back to the, these experiences I had as a child, where I think I suffered a lot emotionally from being raised in poverty. I was just a I'm I'm so curious about everything and I'm so observant, and I think I understood at a very young age that we didn't have a lot, and so. I think when you grow up and you're very self-conscious about the things you don't have. And I started reading and learning about personal finance when I was a teenager, because I always knew like, I don't want to be poor forever. And the finance twins basically comes out from that experience to help other people learn about personal finance, become better at, at learning what the next steps they have to do to reach financial independence, financial freedom. And at the very heart of it, it's a financial literacy education website. So I, I think it, you know, it, in a way I saw it as my way of giving back because I, now that I'm in a position where I had this privilege, I wanted to do something that obviously the business has to be sustainable and make money and, and be profitable. But at the same time, I love the fact that I really do feel that I'm making a difference in people's life and helping them become more comfortable with money. And, you know, it's, it's I'm sure it won't be a surprise to you since you've been in the, you know, the financial industry for, for decades, but Money is the number one cause of stress for Americans. Number one, not number two, not number three. Money is the number one cause. You'd think it'd be bad health or family dynamics or something, but it's literally money. And I've got emails and messages from people who read my articles, kind of like the email that I got from you. And, and it just kind of, lights that that fire in me that I know that I'm making a difference and helping people and uh, and so that's that's kind of what keeps me going every day yeah well you've done some good work out there and like I said I, I I love the research and and the statistics that you share you know I think awareness is a big part of it for a lot of people and I grew up not not in exactly the similar situation but we didn't have a lot of money when I was growing up and I'm curious. I know I have my own thoughts. Like I said, it's been a very long time in the wealth management business and we we do work with a lot of clients. I have my own opinion, but I'm interested if you think, you know, are there are there certain things that people um, do wrong, right, that lend themselves towards poverty versus somebody like yourself who's understood kind of how to how to get ahead with with some different disciplines? Yeah, well, I, I definitely would say having seen both ends of the spectrum, you know, growing up with virtually nothing and then, you know, going to these Ivy League universities, having careers that were really lucrative and now doing, you know, being a successful business owner, I would say that there isn't, there's a lot of things that people don't necessarily do that causes them to be where they are. But I would say that you need to take, you need to understand that the situation you're born into doesn't have to be the situation that you experience your entire life. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that will say, if you're poor, it's your fault. And, you know, I, having lived it, understand that's not 
that's just not true. That's a trope. It's false. My mom is, is still not financially where I wish she were. And she works really hard. She's always worked extremely hard. She's always, you know, growing up, I saw her work three different jobs and she just didn't have the same opportunities open to her that I've had. And, but at the same time, anyone can do their best to improve their situation. And, uh, you know, you might not be able to pay for your kid's college fully, but you could probably have more money saved than you otherwise would if you just gave up and thought that there was no hope for you. So I don't know how that aligns with what you said. I don't want it to demoralize people, but really I would say you have more control than you think you do. It might not, doesn't mean that anyone who works hard is going to own a private plane, but <laughs> but they're going to have, you know, they have more control over their, their future than they might realize. And at the very least, if you work hard and, and focus on the, the right things and living within your means, you're going to have a better outcome than you would otherwise. Well, I, I think it's important and I appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, we, we don't want to be um, negative. We, we want to be inspiring. Um, but that's what I find with business owners is they seem to understand they, they seem to understand the definition of freedom, right, from, from an economic standpoint. And they understand that if, if they do the work, if they continually learn, they have a shot at, at being able to build some sort of wealth. It may, like you said, it may not be the you get to fly around the globe anytime you want kind of wealth, but it's different for different people, right? So what does freedom as an entrepreneur I have to ask you, what does that mean for you? Yeah. And one thing that I want to add to that is it, I think it's, it is all about that growth mindset, right? Like that's something that I definitely have always had my entire life. Like I was like, I need to, wherever I am, I'm going to figure out, even if the the role I'm in, the job I'm in, isn't the most fun. I'm going to identify the parts where I know I can learn something valuable and take it with me. And it's kind of this, this idea of, everything can can help me grow and move forward and i think in a lot of ways that is a freedom because i am always learning and and uh, and so anyway that's one one aspect of freedom the other part of freedom for me is really all about time we already talked about the fact that i said look losing a my father from a young age means that i i understand that life doesn't last forever L- unexpected things happen the covid pandemic has shown all of us that you know, curveballs can come out of nowhere. So if you take advantage of of the time you have and create this freedom for you, you can really create and design the life that you've always wanted. And I've definitely have always prioritized that. I think, you know, I have two young children at home and I've been able to spend more time with them than I ever thought would have been possible at the beginning of my career. And it's been a tremendous blessing. And my career and my job and being an entrepreneur has allowed me and afforded me the ability to do that. And I just know that, you know, I'll never get those years and that time back with them. And I go to bed every single day, just feeling so incredibly fortunate that I've had the ability to do that just because I know how precious that time with them is. You you know, it's interesting, um, Camilla, because we do a lot of work around, we we have this freedom formula that we've kind of constructed and we use in some of the stuff that we do, but you hit it on the head. You know, the fact is that as entrepreneurs, when you realize that if you focus on giving yourself greater freedom, you know, because we can get, we we can grind ourselves up into the business 
and work 24 seven. That's what entrepreneurs do. But when you're building companies, the companies that don't need as much of your time usually are, are creating more value for you financially. And it's, it's, it, it's just one builds on the other. So I think that's, I think that's a, a good point that you share. Let's switch gears a little bit because, okay, you and your brother, you created this, this resource finance time or finance twins, excuse me, back in 2018. But now you've got this second company that has absolutely nothing to do with finance. Um, well, maybe indirectly it does, right? But it's contactscompare.com. Where in the world did that business come from? And, and you know, what's it, what's it all about? What are you trying to accomplish there? Yeah, it's funny because when you ask where did it come from, you know, I, I asked myself that pretty often because it was not, I was not looking to start a second business. And I was sitting at home one day. I wear contact lenses and I, you know, just being, let's say, a relatively frugal person or someone who enjoys getting a good deal on things, I was buying new contact lenses and I was sitting on my computer and I had like 12 different tabs open from every single website where I was looking to see where I could buy my AccuView Oasis contacts the cheapest. And uh, after like 45 minutes, I was like, why is this so hard to do? This is crazy. Isn't there a site where I could like do this? And um, I happened to be talking about it with my brother-in-law and he had just experienced the same thing and he brought it up. I didn't even mention it to him. He said like, where do you buy your contact lenses? Like it's, you know, a huge pain in the ass to just find a good website that has the lowest prices because whenever I check 1-800-CONTACTS, it just ends up being the most expensive place. So I end up having to look at all these random websites I've never heard of. And he basically said, you know, he kind of encouraged me and said, I know you're not looking to start a second website, but like this resource should be out there and it doesn't seem like it is. Why don't you start it? And, and I decided, you know, why not? Um, I, I, I'm excited about this. I do think it kind of tied in indirectly with the personal finance because at Contacts Compared, my number one goal is to help people save money on contact lenses and contact lenses are pretty expensive purchases for a lot of people and you buy them on a regular basis. So if you can find a, a place where you can get them for the least price, you can save a lot of money that you can use again to give yourself freedom that you can use to enjoy, that you can use to invest and, and for all these different reasons. And that's where the site was born. So we kind of you know, the past year and a half, we went from from inception to now we're the leading contact lens price comparison website on the internet. So talk talk to us or share a little bit if you would. You know, you really have two web-based businesses, right? Which is, is a growing industry in, in all this. But one is a service kind of kind of website, right? Or you're sharing information and uh, this is really an aggregation website. Show us, walk us through a little bit of how that works as a business. And, and, you know, if you're willing to share maybe how you guys actually make money off of something like that. Yeah. So I, I think it probably makes sense to just speak about them one at a time. So for the finance twins, we really are kind of like a multimedia or a publishing business. And so we write, we create a lot of content, different articles, and we, you know, we review financial products and the way that that business makes money is there's there's a few different ways. The first is whether we get sponsored content. You know, we might get a phone call from a bank or financial institutions and they say, we think the reviews you guys are writing on different products are, are really thorough. Um, we'd love for you to also, you know, consider consider writing about us or or including we don't get paid to actually review products because we want them to be independent and we want people to trust our reviews. But, you know, we'll pretty clearly say 
basically, uh, you know, clearly state and say at an article, you know, this is an article on estate planning. This was sponsored by XYZ institution. And this is why it's really important to have a will, for example. So that's one way sponsored content. We also have a social media presence on Instagram with the finance twins where um, we might also accept sponsored contents. And then we also uh, do some advertising on the website with just in a traditional, you know, spot the advertising uh, like you'd see on a banner ad on any website and then finally we create courses so we have a course for example on how to start investing so if you're sitting at home and you have money but you're afraid to invest or you don't know what to do or how to get started you could go to our website find our courses and you could buy and enroll and become a student and so that's another way that we monetize that business and then for contacts and pair it's totally different and uh, I wish there was more more overlap, more synergies to make my life easier. But the business is completely different in the way, like you mentioned, that's an aggregation business. And so we partner with the largest contact lens retailers in, in the world. And we list all the products that they sell on our website. So if someone will come to our website at Contacts Compare and they'll type in their brand and prescription. They'll say, I wear Acuvue Oasis or I wear Daily's total one, or I wear Acuvue for astigmatism, whatever they might be wearing. And we'll just show them, okay, for your brand, here's 10 retailers, and this is the cheapest one. And when they click and purchase, we get a commission for referring users to retailers. So we actually don't sell contact lenses. We're in the business of helping people save money. So we just show them where they can go to buy them, and they'll click and go buy, and then we receive a commission. And so you can think of it as being very similar to Google Flights, or Kayak for Travel, or Expedia, we're just listing all of the contact lens websites, the leading contact lens websites in the world, and what their prices are so that you can just quickly find the best price for what you want to wear. And we get paid. So in that sense, we're kind of like a, a lead generator, which is, is as you can tell, the both businesses, they look kind of similar in the sense that they're both websites, but the business models are completely different. And it keeps me very busy. <laughs> so that that begs the question what what does the future look like because you've got a proof of concept right and we talk about this a lot a lot where where businesses startups specifically can get themselves in trouble is thinking they have a great idea but at the reality the marketplace really isn't willing to to pay for that and you've gotten through that so what what does it look like for you in as you move forward I think, I think for us, for both businesses, it's continuing to identify the areas of the business that are successful in working and continuing to refine and kind of double down on the strategies that are working. Um, I know that's vague, but, but obviously as, as the CEO of a company, you're kind of like a, an asset manager and you, you have to get this finite amount of capital and you have a finite, well, I guess in a lot of ways, an infinite set of options and opportunities. And you just, your job is to identify which ones are worth pursuing and not. And for me, because the, you know, it, it is a struggle to manage both at the same time, it's really just focusing on the things that have been working and, and just doubling down and continuing to grow the business. So for the contact lens website, that's continuing to, you know, figure out which retailers are the best to partner with continuing to negotiate. So we get the highest commission rates possible and providing, making sure our website's easy to use and find so that people can quickly come find us. And, you know, they get a lot of value from that service. So then the, the begs the next question I'm, I'm curious, you've done this, you've been on this journey. 
what have you learned um, that was kind of unexpected along the way? And what would you do differently if, if you were to start this today? Definitely. You know, I think one of them, I would say growing up without, without a father and also obviously I'm, I mean, Colombian immigrants, you know, I'm not, I, I came myself from a foreign country and I think I often struggled with, with, imposter syndrome, right? Because I felt, you know, just from a young age, you go to parent teacher conferences and you look around, it seems like everyone else has both parents there. And I never did. And I always felt like, wait, like, am I not deserving of these things? And I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I always felt like, but I'm not ready yet. I always felt like maybe tomorrow, not today, maybe tomorrow. So I worked so hard to go to Wharton for undergrad and then I graduated and I kind of knew like, is now when I start a business, Mark Zuckerberg did it you know, he, he didn't even graduate from college. He, he dropped down Bill Gates. Why, you know, they did it, but, but I always like, no, I, I, I need more, I need more training. So I went to wall street and then worked at some startups and then I decided like, okay, is now, is now when I make the jump, I have some, some money saved up from working is now when I start my businesses. But I thought, no, maybe once I get an MBA, I'll get a master's in business. That'll, that'll really prepare me. And then I'll, I'll feel ready. And then I graduated with an MBA and then I still felt like, you know, I was still afraid. I didn't feel, I felt like an imposter. I felt like I'm not ready to start a business. I'm not a business owner yet. And uh, right out of NBA, I worked at a, another startup. And fortunately, I hated that job. And <laughs> it, it was fortunate because I left. And that, that was basically what forced me to start my own company. Because I was like, I don't think I can work for other people anymore. I think I've got to, I think this is the sign I've been waiting for that I need to start something on my own. And so your question is, what was the most surprising thing? I think and what would I do differently? I think it's, I would have started sooner and everything, you know, what I would tell everyone listening to this right now is you can do this. You could have done, you know, one thing I was joking around with Rick before is you could have done this straight out of middle school. You learn how to be an entrepreneur by doing by making mistakes and growing and moving forward. And, you know, we talk about having that growth mindset and always be learning and growing and, and taking lessons away. And obviously if you, you know, you start and you make mistakes and you repeat the same mistake over and over, you're, you're just not going to be successful. But if you can avoid making the same mistake twice and keep moving forward and not being afraid to fail because failure will happen, you know, with both of these businesses, I've had huge fails where I've spent a bunch of money on ads that I thought was going to pay off and, you know, make me extremely wealthy. And, you know, I lost money and, and that's okay. I, I learned and I grew, I kept moving forward. So I would tell everyone, don't wait until you feel ready to start a business because you'll be waiting until the day you die. And, uh, and if you have the passion, if you have the fire, if you have like the tenacity to believe in yourself and to start something like do it, don't wait, you you are ready. And I love, I love that. And I'm glad you shared that, you know, you're obviously not qualified on an age base to be on the over 50 entrepreneur podcast. Um, but I am, and that's a good thing, but here's why this is important to me. And, and I'm just going to share with the audience a little bit of, of where my thought is and, and get you to chime in on, on that if you would. And, you know, we've got a number of people that are aging in this country and they're not financially ready for retirement. Right. And it, it's something that bothers me, um, on a level they're not the kind of people that we necessarily work with, but, I, one of my thoughts, Camillo, is with the advent of the internet and with all the different technologies that are out there today, you know, somebody that's retired or wanting to retire, you know, that maybe has a gap in what their needs are, 
if they look at their interests, if they if they find the things that that like you have done, right? Like there's nothing stopping them from having some of this interest. It does not have to produce, by the way, a million dollars in revenue to be successful. It can be very small scale. Um, but I, I look at it and I look at you, young man, lots of energy. You've got great experience. You're doing great things. How how would you advise if, you know, we'll put you kind of on the spot a little bit. What would you say to the older community that maybe has spent a lifetime in corporate and always had something they wanted to pursue as an interest or somebody had a necessity that wanted to engage, you know, the technology that's out there today to produce some income? I know it's a lot, but I, I'm just curious from your seat at the table, you know, how, how would you, what advice would you give them? That's a great question. And my advice would be don't use your age or, or don't think of the reasons why you can't do this. Instead, look at the advantage that you have because you're in your fifties or you're over 50, right? So things that you might have learned throughout life is how to connect with people better, how to manage people better. Like you have advantages because you have more experience. You've had more jobs in your life. You've had more years of work experience. And instead of, you know, thinking like, oh, I should have done this 20, 30 years ago. It doesn't matter. You're better positioned today than perhaps you ever were. And so I would say, you know, have confidence in those experiences. And, you know, my mom's in her sixties, my in-laws are as well. And, if they told me they wanted to start a business, I would encourage them and I would tell them the same thing. You have all this experience. You have so many connections. Your networks are more developed than mine are. I'm 32. And so I would say you have an incredible platform to launch from, even if financially you don't feel you are. And like you said, you don't need to make a million dollars a year. If Even if you want to do it a side business, if you can bring in $10,000 in supplemental income a year, that's incredible, right? Yeah. That's that's an incredible extra flow of cash that you can receive to, to make your, your dreams a reality. And so that, that's what I would say. Well, I would, I would just say for our younger listeners that know how all this stuff works. I think there's a huge opportunity for you to step in and support that next generation and, and showing them how to do that. Right. Because I think a lot, a lot of our listeners who maybe are thinking about, Hey, I've got this interest that I'd love to pursue, or I want to start a business um, or a web-based business specifically. I think what they get stuck in is, well, I don't know how to do it. And I think, I think the younger generation, man, it's just second nature, right? Like wait, you know, this, your kids give them an iPhone or, or whatever, and they're off to the races. They they seem to yeah. figure it out a lot quicker. Well, listen, I appreciate this. It's been a great conversation, and I, I love the work that you're doing. Continue to do that. I I know there's going to be big things out of out of this. Um, if somebody wants to learn more about finance twins or contacts compare, or they want to reach out to you, what's the best way for some someone to to be able to get that information? Yeah, I would say the you know, go to the finance twins.com or contactscompare.com to go to the website. to learn to use them. And then if you wanted to reach out and connect personally, go on Instagram, connect with me at the finance twins, message me, comment on a post, tell me, t- tell me that you listen to this. And I, I just, I'm always open to connect and, and talk to, talk to anyone and everyone because 
going back to the beginning, life is short. And if someone has energy and ideas, you know, what better way to spend to spend my time. So please do find me, reach out to me. Would love to connect with, with every single one of you. Thank you, Camillo. Well, guys, again, you've been listening to the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast. A little different today, but I like it because it's it's a topic that uh, I'm really interested in. And check out the show notes at epicsbiz.com forward slash podcast. We'll have the link to Camillo's information on there as well as the websites. And remember, you can get other resources at epicsbiz.com. So be sure to check it out. That's where you can find the Freedom Formula as well as other tools and resources there for you as business owners. And always, always feel free to give me an email, rick at epicsbiz.com. That's rick at epicsbiz.com. I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, Give us your suggestions. If you like today's show, make sure to give us a five-star rating. I, I hear those things are important, and I appreciate all of you that have done that already. So as we come to the end, I just want to say be safe out there. um, And until next time, remember, we're only getting started. The Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast is sponsored by Epic Business Advisory, where we help entrepreneurs escape the owner's trap, build businesses that can succeed without you, allowing you the opportunity to realize more freedom, think bigger, and pursue next-level goals. Download our freedom formula at epicsbiz.com slash formula. And remember, we're only getting started.